Uh, real quick before we get started, uh, Lauren was here and, and, and gave me the scripture. She said that the Holy Spirit was speaking to her about making room, and she opened up um, in Hebrews and, and read the scripture, so I want to share that with you. Um, it is, let's see, where are we? Hebrews 13 and 1. It says, no matter what, make room in your heart to love every believer and show hospitality to strangers, for they may be angels from God showing up as your guests. Listen, I think that's appropriate for now, uh, especially as we're live streaming. We're making room for believers and we're making room for strangers as well that may be live streaming because we're a, a public page um, so everyone can see us. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I think that's an awesome scripture. Thank you, Lauren, for sharing that. That's, that's great. The, the beautiful thing about church, <clears throat> churches in general, um, is that usually there's a ton of people in here. Uh, we've got a handful of people in here working some, some uh, audio-visual vi- stuff. And, uh, but the beauty of having a, a, a local church like this is we, we are an organism. We breathe. And so it's not just me that speaks in this church. That's why it's a little bit different. Uh, normally our church services, and we may still do this in some way, shape, or form, is we usually get feedback. I, I, I like having a good dis- a discussion. I remember going to churches uh, when I was younger, and I would always be frustrated because I had so many questions. And and, and I never had an opportunity to speak. And so, uh, so uh, anyway, so as we move forward, even with live stream, feel free to ask questions. If I can't answer them immediately, I'll come back and watch this later, and we can dive into some things. It's always good to ask questions and to, uh, to, to be curious about what God's doing um, on the earth. So anyway, what I want to talk about today um, is the kingdom of God. Uh, with everything that's going on in the world right now, there are lots of ways that we can address uh, what's going on in the world, but I would rather focus on what's going on in God's kingdom. Uh, part, of, part of being a Christian, I think, and, and part of Jesus' teaching was not being reactionary uh, as far as just jumping um, and, and especially not having fear, uh, as we talked about in worship, not, not being anxious, but thinking about what we're doing, being wise, having uh, the mindset of Christ. And part of doing that is... Um, being focused on his kingdom all the time. Now, there's a place that, uh, there was a place when, when I first began to go to church after I was born again where I tried really hard to do this on my own through performance, basically performance-based religion. And I tried and tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed and failed. Um, and I finally found a place uh, where I realized that Jesus has already done this. He's already, he's closed the gap. He tore the veil from top to bottom so that we could have a relationship with the Father. And from that place is where I operate now, not towards it. So the kingdom of heaven, uh, I believe, has been a little misunderstood over the years, especially the way that I was taught um, after being born again, some where it was this, this, this dream of some place that you would go when you die, and we did not have access to it now. But as I began to study scripture and hear from the Holy Spirit and, and hear from other uh, teachers and believers that were, were showing me and demonstrating and teaching kingdom ideas and, and, uh, and understanding what that meant in my life right now, it radically changed me. It radically changed the decisions that I made. It radically changed how I reacted and responded to things. Um, when, when I first heard of, uh, of, the, of this virus that has, has started to spread and, and seeing some of the fear and some of the panic, I immediately went into prayer um, and began to think about how how the Lord reacts to some of these things, and none of these things taken by surprise. I do not believe that any of this is a surprise for him, um, but I will also say, nor do I think he is sending these things as some kind of wrath or punishment. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but what I will say, and, and before we do, I'm gonna, I want to tell a brief story 
uh, about something that happened happened in my life a few years ago. Um, we, Tracy and I, had just become uh, pastors here at this church. We had been youth pastors for years. Before that, um, I, had, I had just changed jobs, and I would worked at a job for 18 years before that. I had, uh, you know, we had three girls and, and lots of responsibilities for a dad and a, and a husband and an employee and a pastor, and I got a stomach bug. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever had a stomach bug, um, but they will adjust your life <laughs> in, a lot, in a lot of different ways that I won't describe graphically too much. But they will, they will radically alter your course of life over a certain amount of time. Um, yeah, and so, so what happened was I found myself, and for some reason they always hit in the middle of the night or early in the morning, so it was, I don't know, 1 or 2 a.m., and I found myself on, you know, on the floor in our bathroom and just praying. I mean, I had nothing left, uh, literally <laughs> and emotionally. There was nothing left, and I remember praying, God, I got, I got nothing. There's, nothing. there's nothing else I can give. In any way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, respond all these things. And I remember saying, "Lord, I don't have time for this." Like, genuinely saying, "I do, I, I, I cannot stop. I've got a new job. I've got a position. I'm a pastor. I can't just not show up." Um, I, you know, my kids depend on me. You know, we, we've got to pay the bills. There, there's all these things, and I just remember thinking, "God, please." I can't, this, this, is, this is very radically interrupting my life. <laughs> and I remember him so calmly and sweetly. It wasn't an audible voice, but it was, it was so deep in my spirit that it was no denying that it was the Lord. And he basically just calmed me and he said, look, he said, you, <laughs> I don't think he said these words, but it was what I got from him. Like, oh, you're so cute. <laughs> like, you really think that you have control over all these things. Like, it really woke me up to something. He said, he said you really think that, that this is something that, that you have a complete control over when ultimately I'm in control. And that seems a little scary sometimes, and for me it was. I was like, okay, well, what does that even mean? I'm still, I still have all these responsibilities. None of these things have gone away. I still have to do all these things, I know. But it gave me a peace, and I didn't fully understand it until a few days later when I began to, to kind of dive into Scripture and understand what he was trying to tell me was, um, I, was, I, I was being very, although I was caring about the people around me, I was being very self-centered as, as though I, w- I was not looking at things through God's perspective but my own. I was looking at things very limited. And what we do, I think, a lot of times is we look at life by a very limited perspective, by our own perspective. And what I always tell people in, in Scripture is to scratch out all the headings and put this is all about Jesus. The reason I do that is because it helps us put Jesus lenses on, helps us put kingdom lenses on. Because if, if we're just looking at things as though this, this Bible is all about us, then we've, we've kind of missed the point. It's not all about us. We're included, but the Bible is all about Jesus. From the beginning to the end, it's, a, it's a, the meta narrative, the grand story is all pointing towards Jesus. All of the old covenant prophecies were pointing towards him. All of the new covenant uh, promises that were fulfilled in Jesus, all the way to Revelation. Revelation is a revelation of Jesus. It's all about him. And so when we, when we look at the Bible now, and when I look at Scripture, when I understand what God's doing in my life, even when I was on, on the floor in the bathroom thinking that I really had some kind of control over this stuff, he reminded me that ultimately he's in control. Now, what that did was several things for me. Um, it, took, it took some of that weight off that I thought that I had to do it all, my, all, my, all on my own. Now, did I still need to go to work? And did I still? Yes, I, need, I still need to do all those things. But here's the key. The stress was gone. The worry was gone. The anxiety was gone. The stomach bug was gone a little bit later. <laughs> but all those other things had been lifted. 
Now, there was something happening in the spirit that began to manifest itself in the natural. Does that make sense? Nobody's here. Does that make sense to you few people and all of you people in internet land? Okay. <laughs> Y'all have to be extra loud today. So throw me a, a preach, it, preach it white boy or an amen every once in a while. All right. Yes. <laughs> so, so uh, yes, sir. So, so anyway, so there, were, there was this reality that I found myself in when God spoke directly to me in the Holy Spirit and said, chill out, I've got this. There was a reality that I found myself in that took the stress and the worry away, and I continued to, sure, I'll take a bottle of water, thank you so much, sir, um, that I continued to, to, uh, to function within my life, but I also realized that there was much more to my life than what I was seeing just immediately around me. That was a snapshot, if you will. Be careful looking at life by snapshots. Snapshots will get you in trouble. <laughs> they will. They will because you, you, won't, you will be limiting your perspective. And, you, and please, 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 don't try to limit God to your perception of his reality. <laughs> That's a, let me say that again. Don't try to limit God to your perception of his reality. His reality is above ours. Ours is still functioning and we're in it. And what we see is what we see, and it's the reality we live in. But the kingdom is greater than this kingdom, okay? All right, let's talk about the kingdom. We're going to dive in here. Stick with me. If you're in your living rooms, don't fall asleep. Wake up. Everybody awake? All right. I don't know if you have child care. Jumping jump jacks. Jumping jacks. All right. So uh, I'm going to get in trouble with this phone. People Preach it, white boy. Thanks. For- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to try not to look at that too much, but it's fun. Woo. All right, love you guys. This is, all, this, is, this is interesting and fun all at the same time. All right. All right, we're still weird online. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you've not been here in, in the flesh, welcome to our reality. No, just, all right. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about the kingdom of heaven, okay? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, these are, these are both the same thing. Um, but we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, all right? And we're going to start in Matthew 13, 31, okay? If you have your Bibles, that's cool. If not, I'm, I'm reading it. You can trust me or you cannot trust me, but it is in the Bible. Um, and this, is the par- this is two different parables. And it says, uh, verse 31, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Verse 33, he told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Now, we're going to stop here for a minute. We're going to dig a little deeper into these two scriptures. Um, There are lots of keys here, and he's talking about, he's trying to describe to to people what the kingdom of God is like, okay? Lots of people wanted to know what this kingdom was like. Why? Because all the way back from Isaiah, there was this talk of how beautiful the feet were the one that was was the one that was going to come and was going, to, was going to bring his kingdom with him, and, and it was going to be a very powerful thing, and he was going to have his rule and reign, and he was going to defeat all of the enemies. Um, and so they had, everyone had this idea of what this kingdom looked like. White stallion, big sword, big muscular guy, you know what I mean? They, they had all this idea of, of, of this grand entrance of what this kingdom was going to look like. Um, fortunately, I want to almost said unfortunately, but fortunately, Jesus had another idea. He had what I like to call an upside-down kingdom. He came with a different kingdom, and he came with a much more powerful kingdom that they couldn't see. And when he came, he, he, not, only dem- he not only taught his, his, about his kingdom, but he demonstrated his kingdom by going around and loving people, people that weren't loved, 
by uh, reaching out to the marginalized and the hurting. Not only that, he reached out to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. People like to give them a hard time, and he was frustrated with them as well, but he loved them. He met with them as well. Uh, he met Nick at night in a, down a dark alley just to explain to him about how second birth works, and it confused him, but he was trying. He was trying really hard, and, and he cared so much for everyone. There was, no, there was no demographic that Jesus didn't meet. His kingdom reached everybody, and that didn't sit well with some of the Jewish leaders because they... And, and rightfully so, were God's chosen people at the time. They had an old covenant that they had, had worked for, and, and they, had, they felt like they had earned. And so there was this idea that Jesus was going to come just for his people, but not everybody else. Um, but God had different plans all the way from the beginning. God's plans were always for all nations, for everyone to know him. God's heart is that you know him. Okay. So when he came, when Jesus came, and all, like I said, all the way from Isaiah, we've got all these people waiting for this kingdom and for this king to come, and it's going to be great. And he's going to do all these great things. And Jesus shows up as a baby. <laughs> and he rides in on a donkey. And he says, oh, I realize I've got all this power and authority. And then he washes his disciples' feet. And people are like, okay, maybe we got this wrong. Maybe he's just a prophet. Maybe this isn't the Messiah. Maybe this, isn't, maybe this is wrong. Not only maybe is it wrong, it is wrong. Maybe we should kill him. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that's, that's where we ended up. I'm, I'm, I'm fast-forwarding a little bit. We can't get through all, all of it at once, but this is where we find ourselves. And so now Jesus is here. He's proclaiming in, all the way from John the Baptist saying, the kingdom of, of heaven is at hand. When he says it's at hand, literally it means it's right here in front of you. When, when John the Baptist is questioning Jesus, are you, the one, are you the one we need to look for? And Jesus says, look, here's what I tell you. Here's what I'm doing. I'm healing the sick. I'm raising the dead. I'm, I'm caring for those. I'm loving for those that aren't loved. And that was enough for John the Baptist to not question him anymore. And John the Baptist said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then Jesus came on and said, okay, yes, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That term at hand is the same term Jesus used when uh, Judas came to, 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 what did he do? I lost the word. He didn't come to kill him, to betray him, that's the word. Judas came to betray him. He, he says, Judas is at hand. The same term used there in the Greek, Jesus, is, he was, Jesus was saying, Judas is right here with us. He's, he's in our midst. He's a rat. <laughs> he's a rat. Um, and so it's the same term used, meaning the kingdom is here. It's right here. Not, it's way over there. It's right here in front of us. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is right here. Now, everyone's like, okay, what, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean the kingdom is here? And so he begins to, to, to tell them because they're asking them, what's this kingdom like? So it's like a mustard seed, teeny tiny mustard seed. Okay, what does that even mean? So it's like a little mustard seed. You plant it in the ground, basically it dies and it grows, and it grows so big that all the birds can rest on its branches. This is an obvious picture to me of Jesus. He's died, resurrected, he's raised, and he is there for everyone, for all the birds to come and rest on his branches. This is, this is the manifestation uh, in the spirit all the way into the natural of what Jesus did for us. Now it goes on to say, and it says, a man, and I like how he distinguishes a man and a woman, and he says, a woman was mixing dough, and it's, and it's like you put yeast in it, and then uh, mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked through the whole dough. Now, if you don't know, if you read through scripture, Jesus is one of the greatest women's liberators of all times. He, Jesus, especially in that culture, women were very much marginalized and treated badly. Some of them were treated like animals, like they were, they were treated very disrespectful. Jesus came in and said, no, my kingdom is for everyone, for, for all the people. And he says, okay, just like it's for a man, it's for a woman also. You're in the kitchen making dough. It's just like the yeast you put in there, and it works its way through the whole dough. 
He's giving them hints as to what his kingdom looks like. His kingdom doesn't just look like it's for this certain group of people. It's for everybody. And it's going to spread for everybody. And it's going to manifest for everybody. And it's going to be available for everyone. This is God's heart. How do we know it's God's heart? Because Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. This is God's heart to reach all people, to love all people so that they can be a part of my family. This is, this is the reality that we live from, not towards, because Jesus has already done this. All right. So John the Baptist, like I was saying, would preach, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and Jesus said the same thing. Um, Jesus didn't just teach it. He demonstrated what it looked like. Uh, Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Where is the kingdom? Listen, listen to the scripture. Y'all can't answer. Y'all, y'all don't answer in here. Where is the where is the, let's see if anybody, where is the kingdom of heaven? It says right there in Romans fourteen seventeen that I just said the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy where in the Holy Spirit. Okay, where's the kingdom in the Holy Spirit? Where's the kingdom? In the Holy Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? In us. It's a seed. Uh, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit, uh, or the, that eternity, even all the way back to Ecclesiastes, it says that eternity was placed in man's heart. Eternity is placed in your heart. It's a deposit in your heart. We have eternity with us right now. Like, wrap your mind around that for a minute. We have the security of knowing that death is not the end for any of us. So that fear is gone. We have eternity right now. We don't fear as though this is it, that, this, that this, this temporary life we have is the end. It's not. Now, at the same time, we care for those that are around us. We care enough that we don't, wanna, we don't want to, get to make it be a stumbling block to anyone that we come in contact with, regardless of how, what we believe or what we don't believe. Because that's what Jesus did. Listen, it said several times, Jesus, the, the beautiful thing... Well, the, the beautiful and frustrating thing about the Greek language that's been translated into our language, a lot of things have been lost because the Greek language is so rich. But meekness is one of those words that we, for some reason, have turned into weakness, and it's not weakness at all. Meekness is power under control. Jesus carried power under control. Listen, when Jesus could have summoned 12 legions of angels to defend him, basically all of them, you can count them if you want to, Jesus had control of them all because his dad had control of them all. At any given moment, Jesus could have fought people physically. Evidenced by one of the soldiers' ears getting cut off and him healing them, saying, listen, I've got a greater fight to fight than this physical fight. There's something greater going on here. There's a greater kingdom at hand than the kingdom that you think that you're fighting for. So the beautiful thing about that is Jesus wasn't afraid to attack our, our own version of what the kingdom should look like. And he did it intentionally. He did it intentionally so that we wouldn't have faith in the things that are being shaken sometimes. Listen, all these things that are going on may be shaking some things in your life right now. If you're at home right now, and if you're afraid, listen, don't be. If there are things that are shaken that are making you afraid, shake them off. Shake, shake it off. No, I'm not going to do that. Stop. Now that song's stuck in your head. It's stuck in mine too. All right. All right. So let, this, let the stuff, let, let anything that is not the kingdom of God be shaken away. It's okay. It's okay to let that stuff be shaken away. The kingdom of God will not be shaken. The beautiful thing about the kingdom is it doesn't, it, I know. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, 
it, does, it doesn't just fit into our boxes, especially as churches. It doesn't fit into our boxes and the flavors that we think that it should always fit. The kingdom is much broader, and especially in the, in the context of the way that we are actually reaching people right now through digital media and all these different ways. This is a bit unconventional for us. It may be for other people. It may not be. Maybe this is it's pretty normal for some other churches. I don't know. But for us, it's a bit unconventional. Well, the beautiful thing about the kingdom is the kingdom doesn't care. I mean, the gospel is being preached, and I think, genuinely, I believe that the kingdom is advancing through all this. I believe that as we see some things begin to be shaken in our world right now, I believe that I genuinely, seriously, and I was praying about this a lot this morning, I am seeing a, a rapid, and, and uh, if you guys know David Brumball, he's been doing these graphs about how this is going to look, and I appreciate those. It's really interesting. I've seen some other ones about how this, this uh, virus is progressing. But listen, I've taken that image, and as I was praying in the Spirit, I'm seeing the kingdom advance in the same way. I'm seeing, I'm seeing a rapid decrease in, in a lot of the, the hysteria and panic and, and all these things that go along with this thing, and I'm seeing an increase of the kingdom of God. I genuinely believe that this is going to happen. And the reason I say that is because God's not bound by what we're bound by sometimes. Just like I said in the beginning, we, we're, we don't... We don't work, God doesn't work within the constraints of what we want. And there's, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but there's, there's, a, there's a way that the kingdom should affect our lives right now. So let's dive into that, and then we're going get to uh, get into how we should pray as well. Um, let's see. Hang on, we got some stuff going on here. Let's see what everybody's saying. Tacos, no tacos. David said, I want to correct your numbers. All right, here we go. Luke 12, 22. How should this kingdom affect us right now? Luke 12, 22. It says, Jesus said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. <laughs> People are saying tacos. Stop it. Nicholas, all right. Focus. I'm not going to look at that for now. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Man, what a powerful word right now in today's time. You can't even do that little thing. Why do you worry about the rest? It reminds me of when I was sick, thinking that I could, I could hold everything together on my own. Um, verse 27, consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. You guys know who Solomon was? He was rich, like real, real rich, <laughs> like Bugatti rich, all right? Solomon was rich, okay? And all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Verse 28, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 29, amen. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes, where no thief comes near 
and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Listen, we operate from the kingdom, not towards it. Listen, why does he say that he, why do we pray? And this is what I want to kind of get to. Why do we pray when the father says that he already knows we're going to pray before we pray it? Why even bother praying? Think about that for a minute. All, your, all you fathers out there, it's, you already know what's good for your kids before they ever ask it, right? But what's more important is that you just spend time with your kids, that they trust you, that they know you. It's the same thing. When we pray to God, it's not about, and here's, here's the interesting thing. I think the disciples saw the same thing that we saw, and we go, okay, well, what's that mean for me right now on earth, right now that I'm dealing with all these different stresses and struggles? I'm running out of TP. I need, you know, <laughs> I need some bread. You know, there are these things that I'm having to deal with right now. What does this look like? We've said several times in, the, in our church, when, when the scripture tells us you've got 100 homes, listen, if, if you're watching live stream or you're part of our body, if you're not a part of our body, if you need something, let us know. You've got at least, I know we have more than 100 members here, you've got at least 100 homes full of things that you could use and that we will be glad to disinfect and send your way somehow. Listen, there, there are ways that we can operate from the kingdom regardless of the situation. Just like Paul said, I have found the secret to contentment. It's not whether things are good or I'm in prison with my feet in raw sewage. I have found my strength in Christ only. Just in him, just in Jesus and his kingdom is where my strength is, not in everything that's going on around me. So whether things are great or whether things are bad, and I don't think things are nearly as bad as, as some people do, but even if they are and even if they got much worse, it doesn't matter because we have hope in a kingdom that's greater than this kingdom. So how do we pray? Listen, I think, the, I think the disciples struggle with this. They asked a lot of dumb questions that weren't really dumb questions that we would ask if we were there as well. And some questions that we asked today, how are we supposed to pray? Well, the most common, I keep wanting to ask questions, but one of, the, one of the most common, I want to ask, how do you pray? Most of the common ways we pray is, God, I need this, right? Or, God, can you do this? Most of the prayers that we pray or that I, that I have prayed myself or remember praying a lot when I was younger is, God, I need you to, to do something in this area. God, I need you to do this. There's nothing wrong with those. There's, it's nothing wrong with making petitions to God, but I think there's an even better way to pray, and I think Jesus models this, and I think he modeled it around his disciples so much that when they began to see how Jesus interacted with people and intera interacted with his Father, they questioned him, and they said, uh, okay, Jesus, how should we pray? And this is in Luke 11, and it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're going to stop there. We're not going to go through the whole prayer, but I want to stop there. There's a difference in praying just selfish prayers of, of things that we want to see God do in our lives. There's a difference in that in aligning what what we want with what God wants. You see the difference there? Prayer is not just about making petitions to God all the time, but it's about aligning our hearts and minds with what he's already doing. Praying with God. And here's, and here's a perfect example is when Jesus was struggling and, and crying and bleeding and saying, God, I don't, if there's any other way that you can do this whole thing and usher in this kingdom and make this new covenant work, other than the way that it's going this way, please, I'd like to do that. <laughs> I'll take that one, but not what? Not my will, but yours be done. The key, to, the key to praying like that is knowing the character of God because you don't pray like that to a God you don't trust. You, you, you can't, listen, 
you can, I cannot pray like that to a God that I don't trust. I cannot give that kind of control. I, I wouldn't give that to a person that I did not trust. Does that make sense? You can like or something if that makes sense. Maybe I'll see it in a minute. Does that, I say that a lot. Does that make sense? You cannot, you cannot give that type. You cannot give that type of control to someone that you don't trust. The good news is you can trust God. Do what? Yeah. Listen, you can you can be vulnerable around God. That's a for 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 many of us. I know for me personally, growing up around people, I saw some of the worst in people where I could not be vulnerable around them, where I could not trust them, where they would take advantage of me and take advantage of other people. Listen, don't paint the picture of who God is by people that you've come in contact with, even people that go to church. The reason I say that is God is much greater than a representative that may have misled you in the character of God. And his Holy Spirit is faithful enough to demonstrate to you if you'll just look for it. He will will meet you right where you are, in your living room, in your room, wherever you are, looking at your phone or your TV. God's, God's Spirit knows no time and space. Listen, it is, it is good that we are meeting right now how we're meeting. I think it's beneficial that many of you are at your homes with your family right now. Listen, some of the things that I've been discovering around my house is, now that we're staring at each other, <laughs> is there are some things we need to work on as a family. Listen, I, I, went, I started working with some of my kids and asked them to do something, and they were just standing around like they didn't know what to do, and I'm thinking, have I not taught you how to do these things? <laughs> you guys seem confused. You're not going to make it in life if you don't know how to do these simple things. And I was frustrated, but I was like, you know what? This reminds me, I need to spend a little time with my kids and teach them how to do some things. Listen, as we're meeting like this and you guys are at home, um, this, is per- this is all I see is opportunity. This is all opportunity for us to see the kingdom advancing, operate from our homes, which is the greatest ministry you'll ever have, is parents and siblings and children and, you know, with friends. Listen, this is a great opportunity. You can, you can call it what you want, but I see it as a great opportunity. Um, use it. Use this as an opportunity to grow closer to your family, to find some things that you may have missed and work on those, to talk to your kids about church and how important it is and talk to, talk to them about family and relationships and how important those are, right? All right, side, sidebar. <clears throat> so it says, show us how to pray. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the translation there, even from the Greek, it, we tried to say on earth as it is in heaven. Really, it's on earth just like, I mean, it is like heaven on earth is what he's saying. I pray that heaven is on earth, is what he's saying. And what he, what he means by that is, I need to operate from that place right here. People need you to operate on earth right now from heaven. You, when you walk and talk and interact with people, um, I don't know about you, but I fail in lots of ways if, I ju- if I'm just depending on myself. But when you operate from a place of, of agape love from heaven, from our Father, you operate completely differently. And that's what this world needs right now. Prayer is not just to get God to do stuff. Prayer is about properly identifying who God is, his character. Listen, when you identify who God is, prayer looks different. When you identify God's character, prayer is different. When you identify uh, what God wants to do, here's, here's another misconception. I, I, I like to tackle some of these misconceptions because I struggled with them for years. Um, and uh, i got people calling me. Come on, man. I'm live streaming. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, what I... What I I got sidetracked. What was I just talking about? ADD. Misconceptions. Oh, one of the misconceptions I had 
um, was that God wanted to twist my arm to, to do his will. I mean, like I, I, I thought... I thought God saw me. Any opportunity I, I was having fun, I, I thought God was just very frustrated that I was, I was enjoying my life. And he was going to basically grab my ear and like twist it and make me go do something that I didn't want to do. Listen, that is not God's character. God's character for you is that you know him and that you know his love for you and that you share that love with other people. All that does is build joy in your lives. Listen, when you, when you build relationships, when you get to know people, those are jewels. Those are, those are precious. Those are awesome opportunities. When you grow a family and you have children and you have a spouse and you, you meet other people with similar interests, even outside of church, that's a joy. Many of you guys know I like you know, automotive stuff, Jeeps and, and boats and engines and different things, and I can, I can connect with people on those levels and spend an hour or two just talking and enjoying each other's company, and God is not angry about that. God loves that. God loves relationship. He meets you right where you are. Do what? He delights, he delights in it, right? He's, he's happy about it. Listen, the, the, the thing that always kills me, and it doesn't kill me, literally, cracks me up, <laughs> kills me. Um, the thing that cracks me up is, <laughs> literally cracks me up, is that I, I have a quirky sense of humor, and I think, where would that have come from? Because I don't think that my parents had a real quirky sense, or real, you know, not that they didn't have a sense of humor, but not like, not on the level that mine is. <laughs> and so I think, well, God must have given me that. And then, and then I'm happy about that, and that makes me laugh. It's a ta- yeah, it's a talent. It's a gift. It's a talent. So I take it. I take it as that. Um, I don't know why he gave me ADD, but I'll take that too. Maybe that's, maybe that's part of the package. <laughs> that's part of the package. So I'm easily distracted, but I'm also easily amused. So there it is. Um, but, the, but, there's, but the joy, listen, the Bible does tell us in Proverbs that the la- laughter is like medicine. Joy, the joy that God gives us is good. Um, man, I wish I could find this video. There was a video I saw years ago, and it was a real, it was a comedian. I don't think he's even alive anymore. And he had one of the best discussions about, uh, this is a sidebar. Sorry, I'm getting off topic a little bit. There's the ADD again. But um, he had one of the best discussions about how he didn't understand how in most cultures people weren't allowed to talk about serious things and laugh also and enjoy the time together. That there was always this unwritten rule that you couldn't joke and still talk about serious things. Like there was, there was always some big divide between those things. Um, now I think that there's there's appropriate times we don't need to joke around about everything, but I think there are also some times when we can have both. And I don't think that these are always divisive. And that always struck me as weird that we we could not we could not mix those two things at certain times. But it was always just like a cultural overbearing sidebar. Anyway, prayer. Let's get back to prayer. Disciples watched Jesus pray, and I think they recognized that it was different. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. Change me, not just change what, not just change so, or change my circumstances. That's what I was trying to get to. Change me. Listen, uh, a lot of us are afraid of change. Change isn't bad. Change isn't different. Change can be good or bad. Um, a lot of us are afraid to change, but you shouldn't be. When, when we ask God to change us, it's always for the better. God's not looking to hurt anyone. He has no intention on pouring out wrath on you today. Uh, another, oh man, I've seen it recently, and I'm so sorry. I, I'm so sorry if you believe this, and I'm not sorry if I'm, I may offend you a little bit. There's a scripture all the way, I think it's in Second Chronicles. I may be wrong. Y'all can correct me. That talks about if my people will, y- y'all know this. They were called by my name. Well, yeah. Y'all know the scripture. If you know it, I'm not even going to say it. Because if you know it and you've seen it and you've, you've been affected by it, wrong covenant. 
It's the wrong covenant. That's not, that does not apply to us right now. I'm sorry if you've, you've felt that. The old covenant was do good, get good. The new covenant is Jesus did good, so we get God. You're in the wrong covenant. If, if you're thinking that God is pouring out his wrath on us with, with whatever is going on right now, that's God, he can't anymore. He already poured it out on Jesus. If we say that he's doing that now, then we're saying that Jesus' sacrifice was not enough. And to me, that is, is, is heresy. That is, that is blasphemy to me. Listen, if, if God said, I poured my wrath out, I know we're getting into some, this is, we're getting into some deep stuff. This jumped, this jumped quick. Um, but here's the thing. Listen, we don't operate. You, most of us, if we're watching now, you weren't invited to that new covenant anyway. I mean, the old covenant, not new one. You were invited to the new one. You weren't invited to the old covenant anyway. If you, if you want to gra- jump back and grab something from that, grab the reality that we find ourselves that we don't have to be afraid of that anymore. We don't have to stress about the things that other people had to stress about for thousands of years that just dreamed about having this Holy Spirit that we have today. We can, we can look to Jesus and find comfort and security and peace in him. All right, I'll leave that alone. Sorry, I might have picked some fights with people. It is what it is. Um, <clears throat> we good? Y'all good? Okay. I saw, I saw some hands raised. I don't know if y'all were praising. Y'all wanted something to add. I guess y'all like that. It was good? It was a good one. Okay, good. We're good. All right. <laughs> um, all right, Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's look at what an unshakable... You guys are cracking me up. All right. We, I love you guys. We guys... What does an unshakable kingdom look like? Let's look at it. Unshakable kingdom. This is Jesus on trial before Pilate. This is John 18, 36. Um, Jesus is put on trial before Pilate. Um, and Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is where? From another place. Listen, in this world we're consumed with ourselves, but in the kingdom we have concern for other people. Jesus had a choice the whole time. God had a choice the whole time. He chose to die for us. He chose to give himself for us. Like I said, he could have summoned 12 legions of angels. He could have defended himself. It's not that he was weak. He was meek, meaning he had power, but he was under control because the greater goal was to defeat our real enemies, enemies, which was sin, death, and hell, not Rome, not, not all the things that we can see, but the things we can't see that really strike fear in people, which is sin, death, and hell. Um, Jesus says, look, you guys can persecute, persecute me and you can kill me, um, but you're, you're not going to stop the kingdom. And this king that they were looking at all the way from Isaiah to come in with these beautiful feet, now we see through scripture that he, he gets his crown, but it's a crown of thorns. And he gets his robe, but he's mocked and spit on and hit. And he gets, he gets risen above all on his throne, but it's a cross. And, and you can imagine when he's on that cross what people are seeing, and it's the beautiful feet that are nailed to it. Listen, all those prophecies from the Old Covenant lead us to see what Jesus did for us, all of them. Everything that, all the, all the things that they were looking for in a kingdom were their own ideas of what a kingdom looked like. Now, what I want to tell you today is be careful that you don't put your own ideas on what this kingdom looks like. Because when those things begin to crumble and begin to shake, you will begin to crumble and will begin to shake. But if you put your faith in the kingdom of God that is an unseen kingdom that is not bound by our circumstances or the things that we deal with, you will not be shaken. You cannot, it cannot be shaken. God's kingdom cannot be shaken. So as we operate in, and to be honest, it's uncertain times. We don't know what this is going to look like. I mean, I'm not trying, I'm not trying to operate in fear or anything, but we don't, we don't know how good or bad it's going to be. 
Um, the numbers aren't even right. I mean, we don't, people aren't, some people are testing. There's not enough testing. There is some testing. The thing I, I look at, it, every time going back to Jesus, is I have a choice to make, and I have my own opinions, and I'm pretty opinionated. I've, I've unfortunately broken some relationships in the past being too opinionated, not caring enough for relationships over my opinion. But I've learned over the years that it's more important to love people than to be right all the time. And there are instances when I think I should do a certain thing and then I look at the body, especially of our church, and I think what's best for them, and my mind has changed. Do you know that repent, even all the way back from what John was talking about, you know that repent, metanoia, means changing of your mind? Man, I wasn't going to go into this, but let's do this. Holy Spirit's leading us a little different direction, so let's go here. All right. Uh, many, let's see how we want to do this. Many, many of us, I know me included, growing up, I, I was always, um, I was always told that that our mind was our logic and our heart was was our emotions. Listen, I want to tell you that all these things that the Scripture talks about placing in our hearts, especially the kingdom and eternity, should radically change the way you think. Um, I, th- I believe that if we operate from receiving information from everything that's around us and we let that in that it can, it can really mess us up if we're not receiving the information in our hearts and letting that out. We should be receptive to the Holy Spirit and then be broadcasting what he's saying to everyone else right now, not looking around, looking for answers in what we see and trying to get that inside our hearts. I say that because there's a lot of information out there. Most of it is not good information. And I don't think it's all malicious. I think some may be, but I'm telling you, what is unshakable is what God has told you, not what everybody else is telling you. And what's unshakable is that we as believers and as Christians look around us and see what's best for the people around us and we make those decisions based on what we know to be true about God's heart for people. That's, that's the most powerful and the greatest thing I, th- I believe that we can do as a community right now is recognize the heart of God. Listen, we know even, even in the medical fields, The heart can operate without the brain. That's why people can be brain dead and still be alive. Your heart has its own firing system. It will operate without your brain. I think that's evidence to why the Bible talks about God placing his truth in our heart and God placing eternity in our heart. It's even greater than your own mind. Let that that sink in. Because we operate from uh, the reality of the kingdom in our hearts, and from that place, metanoia, our minds are changed, and we repent, and we see the kingdom. When we walk outside our doors, or we walk inside our doors, wherever we're walking, our eyes should be set on the kingdom of heaven all the time. Whether we're at church on Sunday or we're at church on Wednesday, we've been saying for years the church is not the building. You guys are the church. You guys. <laughs> Y'all are the church. I said on my, my little live thing that I did yesterday, I can't remember a time when more people are looking at their screens. There's opportunity right now for you to spread the gospel, spread the good news. There's opportunity for you to repent, to metanoia, to change the way you think and not try to find information from everyone else all the time, but now look in your heart of what you know to be true and the Holy Spirit is telling you and broadcast that as loud as you can over social media. I'm, I am proclaiming it. <laughs> I'm asking, I'm almost begging you, do it now. Now is the time. There's no better time to do it than now. And listen, I, I truly believe that this thing's going to shift, and I believe the kingdom is, is 100% advancing. All right. 
there's a part. There's many times that Jesus begins to speak to us and tells us what we're going to do, and he, he mentions there's greater works that we're going to do. Um, I believe the greater works he knew, he foreknew, and he also says when, he, when he's going to, to ascend before he sends his Holy Spirit, he tells his disciples they're getting really stressed out, and they're scared, and they're afraid. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. It is better that I leave. And the reason he says that he's, it's better that he leaves, and he says that you will do greater things, is because he knew that he was going to send his Holy Spirit. And it wasn't going to be just Jesus doing the things that Jesus does, but it's going to be you guys and me doing the things that Jesus does every day. The greater work is that the Holy Spirit now lives and resides in you. That's the greater work. And it's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. Listen, the, it's, the reason it was better that he left is because now it's not just Jesus, it's not just him demonstrating how we can live, but now we're included in that. Now we can operate from that place just like he did. And we can operate in faith and we can see how the, what the Father says and we can speak it and we can, we can see what the Father does and we can do it. And that's our position, that's our job as Christians now. That's the greater works. Amen. I don't know if y'all can hear that. That's the sweet sound of a baby. Listen, that mustard seed is growing. We started this with the mustard seed and some yeast when we started discussing this. Listen, you're, we're not going to stop it. I just encourage you to see it. The mustard seed's growing. The tree's growing. The, the yeast is permeating that dough right now. The kingdom is advancing right now. And I want to encourage you to see it, be a part of it, and that's all I got. This is, this is going to be an interesting time, but I think it's going to be an awesome time. If this will work, I'm going to try to look at some of these things. I don't know how, how ridiculous y'all have gotten or if y'all, or y'all are on point. It's great. So I guess y'all have been watching it. If y'all have any questions or want to add anything to it, um, now's the time. We're going to take, I mean, I got all the time in the world, but we're, we'll take about five or ten minutes here. And I'm on live stream so I can see you. All right, let's see. I'm going to back up a little bit, see if I see anything. Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. Nicholas, thank you, Nick. Follow Spirit. We all have plenty of time. David, amen, amen. Our true enemy, sin, death, and hell. Thanks, Carol. Not each other. That's right. It's not each other. <laughs> I hope y'all can hear that. Taco's four, I think the number is so far. Oh, y'all are counting. <laughs> it's like, what are y'all counting? No, it's five. All right. Bill said, I think Second Chronicles 7.14 is still a good principle. Uh, yeah, I agree. It is a good principle. It's just, it's just not something that we are twisting God's arm to do. We're not in that covenant anymore, so we're not trying to get him to do anything. So, yes, by all means. All those were types and shadows. Listen, none of those were bad. Read Nick's comment about repenting. Back up. Sure. Um, I'm hoping this will work. Um, Jesus was talking to the disciples in, I believe it was Matthew 17, where they were saying, Lord, we prayed for this, This uh, was it, I think it was a child at the time. Uh, how come we couldn't cast it out? And, and Jesus said, well, this, this comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, when I've heard that, I've always thought, well, if I've got a really big problem, that means I need to amp up my prayer and amp up my fasting and get really serious and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> but I heard Bill Johnson say this, I think. Uh, Jesus, after he said that, 
he didn't even he didn't pray or fast. He just cast the thing out. So I think what he was alluding to was the prayer and fasting, which is the drawing near to God. And out of the relationship that you've built through prayer and fasting and drawing near to God, there's that power available to deal with the bigger problems. The reactionary prayer life is not the life of victory. It's right. the dwelling place prayer life that's the place of victory. So when the things come, we're already anchored in the rock, and we already have an established faith that can speak to the mountains and that can be moved. So I just want to throw that in. Sounds good. Bill said Armenian, but he meant, a- <laughs> but he meant amen. <laughs> he, he meant amen. I was like, Armenian? I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Listen, guys, now that's all y'all are going to say when I'm preaching is Armenian. All right. I <laughs> love you. Love you, Bill. Armenian. Armenia. All right. Going along the lines of what uh, Andrew was talking about, I think one of the reasons, and I love this, one of the reasons that that Jesus uh, demonstrated, or one of the ways that demonstrated, I can't speak, focus. One, well, the way that Jesus demonstrated his kingdom, especially in healing, was he never did it the same way twice. When he healed a guy um, that was blind, he spit in the dirt, and he rubbed it in his eye, and then another guy, um, he just spoke it, and then it happened far away, and then another guy, he said, be healed, and then he wasn't, and he had to say it again. There are all these different ways, and it was all the same thing, right? I think... I truly believe the reason why he did that was so that we wouldn't make a formula out of this thing. Uh, you know, prayer and fasting. Listen, if the Lord's leading you to, to pray and fast, pray and fast. That's, that's the, the, beautif- the beautiful thing about the church, the big C church, is that we're not all supposed to look the same. Now, we have these, these spiritual truths that we hang on to. We have the gospel. We have Jesus. But at the same time, we should operate as an organism, and we should operate not looking like everybody else. We're not just a bunch of generic people. We operate in a way that we can benefit one another and that we can bless one another. The kingdom is greater than autocorrect. (laughs) Armenia. (laughs) Ramona, love you lots, Justin. Thank you. (laughs) Anybody else have anything to add or any questions or anything? Other than the little bean back there, going meh, meh, meh. <laughs> well, we will uh, we'll scroll back a little bit, but then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with prayer. I want to pray pray similarly similarly. That's a word. Um that I did yesterday, and it's going to be um, specifically for other, other church leaders and uh, because I've, I've talked to many of them that I haven't talked to in a while, and it's brought us closer, and I think it's good. And I want to pray for those guys because this is, this is a tough time for them to make you know, some pretty, pretty serious decisions on how they're going to do things. And, and uh, I just want to encourage them and lift them up, and I want, I want you guys to encourage them and lift them up. This is not a time for us to tear each other apart. Um, but to build up the church, the big C church, all of us. Um, so uh, I want to pray for them specifically. And uh, I want to pray for all the medical teams and, you know, emergency personnel, all the ones that are on the front lines um, that, are, that are having to deal with some of the things that they're having to deal with. Um, and I just, I want to uh, also pray for the kingdom and how that's going to look in the future for direction for us as a church and for everyone else, um, because I, <laughs> because I, I genuinely believe that, and 
before we get into prayer, I want to say that, you know, there's been a meme or kind of a joke going around that said that, you know, somebody tried turning the world off and then back on again. Like, my IT people can appreciate that. Like, can, can we just reset? And, and, and to be fair, I, the same way that when I was sick, the Lord spoke to me in it, I don't think God sent that sickness. I think he used it in the same way. I don't believe God sent this, but I think he can use it. And I think that, there's no, I think that this is an opportunity for us to reset. This is an opportunity for us to see what's most important in our lives, in our families, and in our churches. Now, we can look at it as all bad, or we can look at it as something good. For me, I see it as all good. I see it as, okay, how, how can we minister in the midst of whether it's fear or, or you know, actual the, the medical issues that we're dealing with? How can we operate as a church? How can we operate as a family? Um, with church in general, how we operate with, with media, what we need to address in certain areas that we can help and, and reach more people with the good news. Um, there's lots of things that I see that, to me, this is a good opportunity for us to unplug <laughs> and plug back in and go, okay, what's most important? And so I want to encourage you to think about that in your lives and your family. What's most important right now? Um, what, what do I need to do personally? What do you need to do to align um, with what God's already doing in the earth? And I believe he's doing a lot. So, all right, so we're going to pray. This is fun. Uh, uh, Nancy, hello to you from, oh, no. Nancy's from Tulsa. Hello from Tulsa. Hey, Nancy. And by the way, tacos. <laughs> you guys, I want to mess y'all up. Taco, 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 taco. Y'all can't even count those. All right. Um, y'all can stand if you want. I'm going to stand up. Y'all don't have to stand up. I'm going to stand up and pray. But I hope that you will join with me in praying um, and agreeing with me. Lord, we just pray for all the spiritual leaders that we have in the city and outside the city across the, the world, Lord. We just pray for, for all the spiritual leaders, all the pastors that, um, that, that just love their flock, man. They just love their church, and they love their people, and they love you. Lord, I just pray for them. I lift them up right now, Lord, that you would just speak to them, Lord, that you would just comfort them and, and wrap them in your arms, Lord, that it that regardless of the decisions they make, whether they're right or wrong or good or bad, Lord, they are trying their best, and I know that they're trying their best to do the best for the people that are around them. Lord, I just pray that you help them there and that you meet them right where they are. Lord, I pray for all the medical uh, personnel and all the emergency uh, personnel from dispatchers to the police and firemen and uh, nurses and doctors and everybody that's having to deal with this, Lord. Um, I just pray that uh, you would just be right there with them, Lord, that you would protect them, Lord, that you would heal them. Lord, all the ones that are affected Physically, with the illness, with the, the, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I don't want to give it the credit. But with the, with the virus that has come, Lord, I cast it out in Jesus' name. Lord, we are not operating in fear. We are operating from the kingdom. And, Lord, we know in the kingdom there is no sickness. And so we pray no sickness. Lord, we want it to go just as quickly as it came. Father, we, just, we, we, want, we want healing. We want truth. And we want our minds to be repentant and changed to see your kingdom on the earth right now. And so we pray healing over everyone involved, Lord. Um, we pray that, that, that we would see, Lord, even in our lifetime, the advancement of your kingdom. We're not looking to be snatched out of this earth. You said, you said look, God does not desire you to be pulled out of this earth, but for, for you to be here, for you to be on this earth. But I will be with you, and I will never leave you or forsake you. Lord, thank you that we have an opportunity to be here on this earth temporarily, that we can share your kingdom, your eternal kingdom right now, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.